Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Okay, I'm not going to preach long tonight, but I want to preach something that's very clear and straight to the heart. The best way to grow in your faith is to have the Word and the Spirit working together. As a young youth guy, he said, if you've got all the Word and no Spirit, you'll dry up. If you've got all the Spirit and no Word, you'll blow up. But if you have all, if your Word and Spirit together, you'll grow up into all that Jesus has for your life. That's why we love to make room for the Holy Spirit in prayer and prophetic and ministry and healing. And we also like to make room for teaching and understanding the Word of God because it releases faith and truth. Mark chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. While Pastor Peter was preaching last Sunday night on miracles, I started writing out this sermon because it came while he was preaching. And it was a verse he mentioned, but I just want to grab it and pick it up tonight. Mark 3, 1 to 6. It's a story that says, Then Jesus left them and went again into the synagogue, which is basically uh, the church or the place where they went to worship God, where he encountered a man who had an atrophied, paralyzed hand. It was just all shrunken up. Everyone was watching Jesus close to see if he would heal the man on the Sabbath, giving them a reason to accuse him of breaking Sabbath rules. Now, these Sabbath rules weren't God's rules from the Old Testament. They were made-up rules that they had added 613 extra rules to the Ten Commandments and some of the ones that God wanted to live by. And so Jesus, when he came, he just started to break all those rules because they were man-made rules that weren't from God. And one of them was you couldn't do any work on the Sabbath. And so they considered healing someone work. How crazy is that? So anyway, they're watching him. Jesus said to the man with a paralyzed hand, stand here in the middle of the room. So he wasn't going to sort of sneak down the back and do it as everyone's leaving. He said, stand up and come into the front here. Called him out. Then he turned to all those gathered there and says, which is it? Is it against the law to do evil on the Sabbath or to do good? To destroy a life or to save one? Jesus knew exactly what was in people's hearts and he addressed it straight up front. Wow, he didn't sort of muck around and give a few innuendos or, well, maybe you guys have got a bit of a wrong attitude here. He just went straight for the heart because they were hindering people coming into freedom. But no one answered a word. Jesus had authority. Then looking around at everyone, I wonder how long he looked around and just glared into their eyes, just challenging their attitudes of religion and and law and legalism and judgment. He looked around Jesus was moved with indignation and grieved by the hardness of their hearts and said to the man, now stretch out your hand. As he stretched out his hand, it was instantly healed. Wow, what what an exciting adventure. The next verse goes on and says, immediately they plotted to destroy Jesus. How crazy can you be that someone gets healed that's had a shriveled up hand And then they want to try and arrest Jesus and destroy him because he supposedly broke one of their man-made laws that you couldn't do any work on Sunday as if healing someone is work. That's freedom. That's life, not work. And let's not be too hard on those guys. We can get down traps of religion and man-made rules if we're not careful. We need to make room for the Spirit of God and for the Word of God. We see this miracle is found in Matthew Mark and Luke. It's repeated three times. It contains valuable lessons for us today. For the hand symbolizes holding, giving, receiving, and doing. 
It was his right hand, which brings the added significance of power, because whenever God's right hand, as you mentioned in the Bible, it talks about his powerful hand. This is not a, a reflection on someone who's left-handed. It was just the way that God used to describe it. So it says it was his right hand. Now, that's just, everything in the Bible is significant. So his right hand, it talks about it's the hand of power. Exodus 15, 6, it says, Your right hand, Lord, was majestic in power. Your right hand, Lord, shattered the enemy. Better not shatter this pulpit here. Your right hand shattered the enemy. Also, the right hand can speak about pleasure and blessing. Psalm 1611 says, You made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Isn't that awesome? Tonight we just enjoyed his beautiful presence, worshipping and, and loving and feeling his comfort and grace and power. And you think, mate, we could stay all night in this because it just feels so awesome. There's a, a joy and a pleasure and a freedom and just fills your heart. On the Christian music at home every morning or night or in the car, whatever, and experience his beautiful presence. It brings joy to your heart and pleasure to the Lord because we're worshipping him. So his right hand. Also, the right hand speaks of approval. Hebrews 1.13, it says, To which of the angels did God ever say, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for my feet. So it was like a place of influence or approval. And also, the right hand spoke of righteousness. Psalm 48.10 says, Like your name, O God, your praise reaches to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is filled with righteousness right standing before God. Righteousness is a gift. You can't earn it. It's a free gift to your life. Also, Isaiah 41.10 says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So that's just a few little things about when we see the right hand in Scripture. It speaks about power, joy and pleasure, Approval and righteousness. A crippled hand points to the lack of all these things in his life. So he probably didn't have power, the joy of using his hand, approval or righteousness. He would have had rejection. They didn't have a social security system then or a sickness benefit. He would have been trying to find a way to maybe make a living with one hand. And it would have, he would have been probably passed over when uh, the girls were looking for a guy to marry because he had, had a shriveled hand. He probably missed out a lot because he was, had a disability or a deformity. Human beings are helpless before God, crippled in all of our works. But the power of Jesus heals our limitations and brokenness. Religion can't heal you, but Jesus can. And some of us have been through the pathway of religion and it only binds up your soul, doesn't release you, but just can. I'll just have a quick look at this story in Luke chapter 6. It gives another couple of aspects here. On another, Luke 6, 6, on another Sabbath day, Jesus was teaching the synagogue. In the room with him was a man with a deformed right hand. Everyone watched Jesus closely, especially the Jewish religious leaders and the religious scholars, to see if Jesus would heal on a Sabbath day. For they were eager to find reason to accuse him of breaking the Jewish laws. Jesus, knowing their every thought, someone stand here right in the middle of the room. So he got up and came forward. Now, 
He could have sat back saying, hey, I'm going to get embarrassed if I come down there. He could have said, Jesus, I don't want to be the center of those people's rejection. And I don't know what's going to happen, but after this, they're not only going to be upset with you, but they're going to be upset with me because I'm obeying what you said. Just think about this. He had to go through all of this in his mind in those few seconds after Jesus said, come on down. Knowing the conversation that had been going on, he was sitting in the crowd. He could hear the people talking. That's breaking all of our laws and we're going to lose our place of influence and leadership and control. So this guy could have said, oh, geez, it sounds inviting, but I'm not going there because I'll be exposed or judged or even embarrassed in front of the crowd. Because if you've got a weakness, you don't want to be out in front of the crowd. And I remember when I was a kid, I was really shy. Public speaking was my enemy number one. I used to get so nervous, my knees would knock, my throat would go dry, my, my brain would just sort of half freeze and I couldn't, couldn't say anything. Put me on the sporting field and I was bold ass, telling everyone how to go and organising the team. But if I had to get up in front and speak, that was, that was horrible. I would find ways to get out of it. You know, it was, it, was, it was after lunch, I'd always be late back from lunch or I'd be helping the grounds and put all the sporting gear away for the next half hour so I'd miss my time to talk, you know. The teachers were on to me, but I was trying to find ways to skin because I was just so afraid of being embarrassed and doing something wrong up front. They say the pu- fear of public speaking is one of the greatest fears that most humanity, up to 90% of people struggle with the fear of public speaking. And that was me. And I just didn't want to be, to lose my place or just say something wrong and be judged or whatever. This guy, he could have said, thanks but no thanks. And sometimes when Jesus calls us to step into a new place of freedom, if you think about it for too long, sometimes you'll push back and say, that's too hard. Thankfully, I've just learned, just just respond. Like when the Holy Spirit spoke to me tonight, I could have said, oh, well, that's some nice thoughts, but what if I say some of those prophetic words and they're not right? You know, a long time ago I settled that. No, the Holy Spirit ter- speaks to me and I've learned to flow and just step out and do it. Because tonight's message is about stretching out and not staying where you are. He walked out the front in front of everyone and that's when the healing happened because he not only stood, he, he probably dealt with fear of a public exposure. He probably fear through the fear of what people would think about him and being aligned with this Jesus that a lot of people didn't like. But something in his soul said, hey, Jesus' words, there's life in them. I'm going to step out. I'm going to face my fear and I'm going out front. He didn't know how, what was going to happen. But he responded to the word of the Lord. So he got up and came forward. Jesus said to all that were there, let me ask you a question. <coughs> Which is better, to heal or to do harm on the Sabbath day? I have come to save a life, but you have come to find a life to destroy. Wow. He nailed them there, didn't he? One by one, Jesus looked into the eyes. Oh, he's just going like this and just looking and checking out their hearts. And I reckon when Jesus looked into your eyes, he looked into your soul. He didn't do a quick glance. He would look and lock eyes and look straight into your soul. You ever been in God's presence? You're worshiping or you're praying and God's dealing with something in your life. It's just like he can see straight into your soul. He's got x-ray vision. Just just straight inside. Doesn't need an x-ray machine or, or a scanner or whatever. He can just see straight into our hearts and our souls. 
But it's amazing when Jesus is looking into our hearts, only he doesn't condemn us. He will reach in and pull out your soul, your heart, and bring hope to your heart. How beautiful is that? Religion judges. Jesus draws you out of your prison into a place of freedom. Then he said to the man, stretch out your arm and open your hand. So he had to stretch out his arm and open his hand. That's a powerful thought because he, when, he, when you open your hand, you can then receive. And the scripture in Deuteronomy says, don't be t- tight-fisted but be open-handed. Because when you're in a tight fist, you can't receive anything. It's like the story of the kid who had his hand stuck in the lolly jar. Couldn't get it out. No matter what they did, he couldn't get it out. The problem was he had lollies in his hand, so he had a fist and it was too big to come out through the top. He had to let go of the lollies to get his hand out of the jar. And sometimes we hold on to things that hold us from being free because we have to let go of that and come with an open hand and then you can receive what God has. And when you've got an open hand, it means you've let go of what you might have been holding and grasping. Wow, so Jesus touched him. Stretch out your arm. Remember, it's withered. It, it wasn't developed properly. We don't know exactly, but it was really withered. And yet, he stretched it out. With everyone watching intently, he stretched out his arm and his hand was completely healed. The room erupted with bitter rage because of the Sabbath day healing. And from that moment on, the religious leaders plotted among themselves about how they might harm Jesus. Tonight, I want to encourage you, to step out in faith and stretch out to receive what God has for your life. There's some people here and you've got addiction to your life. You've got patterns of thinking, fears and strongholds and wounds and pains in your life. And to break free of that, sometimes you've got to stand up, reach out, respond to the word of the Lord, forget about what other people are thinking or saying about you. And when you get desperate enough, you'll do it. When you get desperate enough to be free of that fear, when you get desperate enough to leave the broken, grief-filled, shame-filled past behind, you will step out and walk through that and then you walk into freedom in Jesus Christ. Sing another song and I'm going to encourage people to stretch up and stretch out and believe you're going to press through and break through some of the things that are holding you back. There's people here and you've got a call of God to minister and serve but you're just scared. You're scared of stepping up because you think, well, what if I make a mistake? Hey, I've made hundreds of them, but I just keep showing up. I just keep showing up. And uh, you just don't give up. In the Matthew version, gives us even another different insight. Jesus left and went into the synagogue where he encountered a man who had an atrophied, paralyzed hand. The fault-finding Pharisees asked Jesus, is it permissible to perform a work of healing on the Sabbath when no one's supposed to work? They, they only asked him this question because they hoped to accuse him of breaking the Jewish laws. He answered, if any of you had a lamb that fell into a ditch on the Sabbath, wouldn't you reach out your hand and lift it out? Isn't a man much more valued than a lamb? So, of course, it's always proper to do miracles even on the Sabbath. So he nailed them even more. This is three different guys, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They recorded what they heard and saw on that day. So there was probably other conversation, but they recorded different aspects of it. So Jesus spoke about a lamb or maybe your pet dog 
got stuck in the drain, you're not going to wait till Monday before you go and try and pull it out. You're going to try and get it out on Sunday, otherwise it'll be yelping for the next 24 hours and no one's getting any sleep in your neighbourhood, so you'll be in real trouble if you don't try and rescue it. Jesus was trying to show the foolishness of religion and to break through. Then he turned to the man and said, hold out your hand. As he stretched it out, it was restored. Jesus loves to restore our lives as it should be. As it should be. Physically, we see his hand restored. But God's into a whole lot of restoring a whole lot of hearts. He comes to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. He's come to release the prisoners. A prisoner is someone in prison because they've done something wrong or foolish. A captive is someone who has been captured, captured by someone else that maybe they haven't done wrong, but they've been held captive. Jesus says, I'll come and set the captives free and the prisoners free. So I think that covers all of us. Okay? Captives and prisoners. So whether it's our fault, our sin, our broken ways, or whether someone else has captive, captured us because of their words or their lies or their, their boxes they put us in, or the lies of the enemy that have tried to lock us in, Jesus said, I'll set the captives and the prisoners free. But you've got to stretch out to receive it. A couple more thoughts and then we'll, we're going to pray. Wow. One more quick story in 2 Kings 4. This is about the prophet Elisha. And what had happened, he used to come and visit this family's house and, and this lady built a nice room for the visiting speaker to come and stay in and she fed him. And one day she wanted to bless, bless the family and they were wealthy but they hadn't had a child, so he promised. He said, God, show me, next, this time I come next year, you're going to have a child. And she laughed and said, that's impossible. Guess what? 12 months later, he comes and they got a lovely little boy. He grew up and when he was about 12, he died from an illness. And she sends for the prophet and the servant Gehazi and sends, Elisha sends the prophet Gehazi with a staff. He was really ill and dying. And so it, we pick up the story in 2 Kings 4.31. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the boy's face, but there was no sound or response. He had died. So Gehazi the servant went back to Elisha the prophet and told him, the boy awakened. When Elisha reached the house, there was the boy lying dead on his couch. He was the promised child, and now years later he died. So you can imagine all the thoughts going through the man and the wife and thank God, you've teased us, you've promised, and now he's died. He went in, shut the door on the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Doesn't record the prayer. It would have been a good prayer. I'd like to hear that one. Then he got on, his, on the bed and lay on the boy, mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands. As he stretched himself out on him, the boy's body grew warm. Elisha turned away and walked back and forth in the room. I'm sure he was... And then got back on the bed and stretched out on him once more. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. This guy was dead. Had a serious illness. And now he's just got healed because a prophet stretched himself out in faith over the little boy. To stretch out your hand or stretch out your heart or stretch out your faith to cover someone else's illness or weakness or pain or unbelief. God can use you like this prophet to stretch out and bring warmth and hope into a heart and that they could walk into freedom. How beautiful is that? And God wants to use all of us 
with that. And then he summoned Gehazi and said, call the Shunammite. And he did. And when she came, he said, take your son. She came in, fell at his feet and bowed to the ground. Then she took her son and went out. Wow, wow, wow. Worship team, come on up. Acts 4.29 says, So now, Lord, listen to their threats to harm us. Empower us as your servants to speak the word of God freely and courageously. Stretch out your hand of power as to heal and to move in signs and wonders by the name of your holy son, Jesus. At that moment, the earth shook beneath them, causing the building they were in to tremble. They prayed so much and their faith stretched out that it caused an earthquake. The whole building shook. It was like, physically, it's like when Paul and Silas were praying in prison. Next minute, their praises and their prayer reached heaven and an earthquake came, shook the prison. All the chains fell off, not only them, but all the other prisoners. All the prison doors broke open, so everyone got free. When you get free, other people get free. When you walk through your pain and your fear and your sickness and your disease, salvation comes to their whole household. There are people here, their whole household's going to come to Christ because you're learning to come into freedom. Because when they see the freedom over your life, they can't deny it. And Jesus is lifted up on high. And our church, we need to walk and live in the power and the freedom of Christ so that others can get free. And God says, stretch out. But it's going to happen or not happen. Sometimes because we've got to choose to stretch out. Deal with our fears. The strongholds that lock us down. The Spirit of God's calling us out and Jesus says, step up, step out and stretch out your hand. Moses, God used him to set the people free. He got a staff and he said, stretch out your hand. And all the 10 plagues happened. They got to the Red Sea. God says, stretch out your hand over the waters. And as he did with his staff, the waters parted and they escaped. There's incredible power when you do what God tells you to, when you stretch out and don't stay back comfortable with arms folded. Next year, God's calling some of you to step up and do things you've never done before in serving God, in loving people. Step up and step out. Let's stand in his presence tonight. The man had obeyed the word of God. He stretched out in obedience and authority. And you need to stretch through that which is hindering you. Let's just sing this song for a moment. Just let the presence of Jesus just come. I, there's some people here, there's faith in this house tonight, and some people are going to step into a new place of freedom. I see it right now. I see it right now. Some of you have wrestled with addictions and strongholds. You've wrestled with inferiority complexes you've wrestled with what other people have said to you maybe months or years or decades ago there's some people here and you've wrestled with hereditary illnesses and hereditary things that rightly so the doctor said you've probably got this condition because it's a hereditary disease or weakness the blood of Jesus is more powerful than the, than the hereditary blood that flows through our veins and we need to acknowledge that tonight. And some of you need to know that the power of the blood of Jesus is greater than that which should naturally be a limitation over your body or your mind or your soul. And tonight I believe God's saying, I want you to stretch out and stretch up and let the power of Jesus come over your life. 
Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.